This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I, I like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. Oh. <laughs> Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hey, Conan here. And uh, for me, this is a very exciting episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend because I got to sit down and chat with Paul McCartney. I got to sit with Paul on stage in front of an amazing audience and discuss his new book, 1964, Eyes of the Storm, which is out now. The thing you need to know about this book, and it's very cool, is it's a collection of photos that Paul took pretty much over like a three-month period during that incredible time in 1963, 1964, when Beatlemania exploded and they came to America. The book showcases 275 of McCartney's rediscovered photos. He didn't even know he had these. It's fun to go through them and talk to Paul, and we had a lot of fun. To see some of the photos we discussed in this episode, follow at Team Coco on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And remember, you can always go out and get the book and follow along. It, uh, it's a fascinating document. Hi, my name is Paul McCartney. And I feel wildly elated about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that's it. Good night. Thank you. Fall is here. Back to school. Thank you! Thank you, that's... Thank you! Thank you very much. Please. Please, thank you very much. That was almost long enough. Thank you. Such a delight to be here tonight at the Tribeca Festival. And uh, as you know, this is, or maybe you have been told, this is going to be an episode of my podcast, uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Yeah. 
and I desperately still need a friend. Uh, there's one rule in show business, which is when you're sharing a bill with Paul McCartney, you waste no time. Not a second. Every second I'm out here is excruciating for all of you. The biggest name in show business is right behind that curtain. And I'm out here being a jackass, because that's what I do. I am thrilled that he's here. Uh, he, we're going to be talking about and going through a book of photos, never before seen, 1964, The Eyes of the Storm. Thrill of a lifetime to be able to say, ladies and gentlemen, Paul McCartney! All right, all right. Here we go. Paul, do you, does it ever get old getting that reaction? Does it ever, ever get old? No. <laughs> and I would, I would like to hear all the girls give a Beatles scream, please. Thank you. That was <laughs> oh, incredible. Oh, incredible. I don't yeah. know about you, but I'm sterile now. That was uh, <laughs> that's a pitch I don't hear much in my profession. Uh, absolute joy to be sitting uh, with you here. This just is, this is fantastic. Uh, as you know, this is a podcast. Listen to billions of people all around the world. Don't laugh at that. That's just mean. Hundreds of people around the world. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's dive right into it. First of all, this book is extraordinary. You took these photographs. I think you got a Pentax camera yeah. in 1963. Mm -hmm. I think you and all the fellas got Pentax cameras, but you were taking a lot of pictures, and then you forgot you had them. Well, I kind of knew I had them, but I, I thought I'd lost them. Because in the 60s, you know, you, a lot of people used to leave their doors open. It was all a bit hippie, and, you know, it's like, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> That's your uh, summation of the 60s, was hey. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> That's all I remember. That's all you remember. Yeah. No, so I thought, well, I, yeah, I've lost them. But um, I was with uh, a, a photo archivist in London, Sarah Brown, mm -hmm. who was uh, organizing an exhibition of Linda's photographs. And during it, I just said, well, you know, I took some pictures in the 60s. I said, but... I've no idea where they are. She said, oh, yeah, we've got them. I said, oh, great. Let's have a look. So, yeah, it turned out there were like about 300 pictures. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it makes me think, what else do you have that you don't know about? <clears throat> That's another story. <laughs> well, wow. uh, there are so many photos uh, to look at, and there's so many... I look through the book, and I adore this book, and I've been through it many times, and the photos take me in different directions. Uh, they really are spectacular. Um, I wanted to start out with maybe technically not the most uh, proficient photo, but one that I think is the right place to start because you were new with the camera, you're trying something out, let's put this up, and this is you uh, playing, looking into the mirror, 
What does this bring back to you? Is this you toying with the camera, experimenting? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, just um, the idea when you get the camera at first was to just take lots of pictures and then see if they turned out. And of course, it's not like digital. You had to wait. Yes. So you, you took them and then they went in England. We, they went to the chemists, as we called it. Right. And they go down, they develop it, and then, you know, about a week later, you get your pictures back. So, yeah, I think this is me just seeing what I can do. Right. And if I could smoke at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Looks very cool. Uh, I would like to point out that I think when I talk to young people, when I talk to my kids today, they have no idea about the limitations with working with this kind of camera. We're all mm. so used to the phone. Yeah. We can see it right away. Mm. And as you said, these came in rolls of maybe 36 photos. Mm. You take them, you don't know, and you also, it's not autofocus. You have to figure out what the F-stop is. Mm -hmm. You have to know all that stuff. Yeah. It's a whole different world. Yeah, it's, um, I like it. Yeah. You know, but it, it, as you say, it, it, it takes some getting used to. But we were lucky because we were often around photographers. Yes. You know, they'd be taking pictures of us for this, that, and the other. And so you could talk photography to them and you could say, what is the f-stop in this situation? Well, what are you, what are you shooting? 400 ASA. Okay, well, that will be. And some of the rogues would say, f8 at a fortnight. <laughs> Just screw with you, yeah. Just to screw with and you. And also, they probably didn't want to give away a trade secret. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, but, we uh, have, uh, it, was, it was fun, you know. Yeah, I'm going to move us on because we have a bunch to see and let's say hi to some of the lads. This is an amazing photo of John. This is Liverpool, 1963. What struck me about this photo is that we're, I'm so used to seeing photos where John and all of you are posing for the cameras or pulling mm. a face or, or, or projecting that image. Because it's you taking the photo, mm. John is very unguarded. Yeah. I think that's the, the thing I noticed getting these photos back, um, that it's just, it's as if I'm not there. Um, you know, so he, yeah, you're right, he's unguarded. And he's, I noticed it during the exhibition in the book, um, he's, he's got this little habit of, he's not biting his nails, he's just got a little, mm -hmm. he does this all the time. So it's just great to be reminded of it. Because, you know, it's so long ago, I'd forgotten that he had that little, that's a John thing. So, uh, and, you know, particularly because he's not here, it's so lovely for me to see these memories and just remind me of where we were, what we did um, in those days. You know what also <clears throat> sticks out in a lot of these photos? Because there's a bunch of photos, and we'll see this, where I see sometimes nerves, a little bit of tension, and what's interesting is everyone in this room, myself included, we know how the story turns out. Mm. You, the Beatles, it, it's this spectacular success that's never been equaled in show business. We all know what happens. But especially in these early photos, you guys don't know yet what's going to happen. No. It's a mystery to you in these moments. And mm. people are constantly saying to you, well, you're a big hit in, in England. When's the bubble going to burst? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I see that, this really picking up steam, but I see in some of these photos, is it going to work out? How long is this going to last? Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. And what I love about them, um, he said modestly, is, um, 
is the innocence. Yes. Because we didn't know we were going to be famous, and we, were, we really wanted to be. Um, but as you say, we didn't know. So there's this sort of, we're, we're trying really hard. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, you know, the photographers, hey, hey, Beetle, look over here, you know, you would do it, you know. There was no sort of moody like, <laughs> later for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that comes over just all this uh, early innocence yeah. of us. There's a, cute. there's a lovely uh, one here. I absolutely love this photograph. And I feel like you're <laughs> rapidly getting more sophisticated, you know, in the, 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 the blur, you know, the, the, the uh, vision <laughs> They're and the getting in focus now. Yes, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But I mean, uh, this is just a fantastic, and again, unguarded, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the Beatles, we knew each other very well before all this happened. Mm -hmm. So for instance, um, with George and with John on separate occasions, uh, I would suggest that we went hitchhiking. So I knew George as a hitchhiking mate and again, you're talking about we didn't know what was going to happen. Well, you didn't know if you were going to get a lift. So you shared all of that. You're sitting by the roadside, you know, just cursing the driver that wouldn't give you a lift. <laughs> and, uh, and loving the lorry driver who did, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's my little hitchhiking mate. It's funny that that's uh, because it's so personal for you. I often forget how young you guys were. I, George is the youngest. I think he's 20 he here. Would be, yeah. And yeah. you think about just how young all of you were. It's just, uh, yeah. it, it's mind boggling to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, 20 now from this perspective is like really young. Yeah. I mean, I've got grandkids older than that. Um, but... We didn't think it was young. Right. We thought we were kings of the universe. Yeah. We smoked cigarettes, man. <laughs> we had suits and ties, uh -huh. guitars. Yes. We were cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we... <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, Beatles know. cool or not, you know? <laughs> I'm more of a Jerry and the Pacemakers guy, but all right. <laughs> no one's ever said that to you and no one ever will. Uh, <laughs> I love, I think this next photo is a terrific photograph. It is, of course, Ringo. But look, what, I just love the way you've captured the smoke. That's a gorgeous photograph. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, uh, you know... As you said before, everyone was unguarded. So I, I, with photography, what I learned to do was look for the light situations mm -hmm. where there was something interesting. Um, and Ringo, like all of us, actually, we, we were smokers. Yeah. You know? and, um, but Ringo would do this trick. Ringo was like suave. Mm -hmm. he, he had like the best car and he would That's drink right. like bourbon and seven up <laughs> Woo. and and when he would uh when he was going on a date with a girl mm -hmm. he'd put two cigarettes in his mouth and light them oh my god and they'd give one to the girl yeah. if it didn't stick to his lip <laughs> well you know that was ringo <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was that kind of guy i've done that know. with gum and they don't like it <laughs> 
It's not quite so suave. It's not the thing. No, no don't try it. Uh, we have a photo here that I, I again, Mr. Brian Epstein. Yeah. And what's nice here is he's such a pivotal character, in, especially in these early years in your life. And I know what a complicated life he had, and mm. in some ways what a tortured life he had. And you catch him in this moment of um, real, it just seems real, he seems at peace and happy. And I think that might be because you're taking the photo. Yeah. Um, I was very happy to rediscover this picture, as I was with all of them. But something like this, uh, it just reminds you that um, the story about the Beatles manager and, you know, coming to America and all that, he's just some guy. And we thought he was, like, very old. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was all of 30. Yeah, yeah. So to us, that was like... Um, but he, he was a sweetheart, you know, and he was gay at, at a time when it was illegal. That's right. So, um, you know, we'd be able to have very interesting conversations with him. Um, and he was very open with us. And he, he was a great, great guy. Very nice man. And I think, like you guys, a little overwhelmed. It got so big so fast. And you, I've seen it in different documentaries. I think you're catching it here, which is just... Yeah. No one. He, you know, he had run a he ran a record store just you yeah. know a few years before, he, and met you guys. And then suddenly he's talking to the biggest people in show business, and they all want a piece of you guys. And he needs to figure it out, mm. which is I must imagine overwhelming. Yeah, but he handled it very well. Yeah. You know, he he got into that role quite easily. He'd he'd been to uh, Rada. In, in London, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Mm -hmm. So he was going to try and be an actor. Didn't work out. But he had a sort of showbiz thing. He had a style which he would, he would advise us with some tricks of the trade. Yeah. You know, so that where the Beatles at the end of every show, at the end of every show, would do the, the bow, you know. That was the kind of thing Brian would say, that would look good. So we'd try it. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah, it, it, it felt good, it looked good, but it gave us a little bit of something that um, other groups didn't have. The, this next photo, I don't think anyone here is going to know anybody who's in this photo, but it's fascinating to me because I'm reminded when I look at this book that you're musicians, you're on a bill, uh, and here you are on the back, I think the side of the stage, and you're taking a photograph of a group called Peter Jay and the Jaywalkers. Mm -hmm. And I think they've been lost to us now, but it's fascinating to me to think about you guys waiting to go on. And there's another group, and they have a big saxophone player. <laughs> yeah. You guys uh, opted not to go that route. No, no. Think of what you could have done we could have, with yeah. a saxophone player. Imagine Ringo with a big sax. <laughs> <laughs> if only you blew it. Thought, yeah. You blew it, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, but you know, I, yeah. the, the, you were on package bill, bills. Um, these days, it's pretty much the main act, and there might be a warm-up act. But then it, uh, it, it was a lot of, lot of people on the bill yeah. because nobody did long. Now, you know, uh, people do three, four hours. Yeah. I blame Bruce Springsteen. Yes. <laughs> I've told him so. I said, it's your fault. Man. Yeah. He it ruined was, it for everyone. He did. Yeah. You can't now you can't now do an hour. Yeah. But we used to do a half hour. That was like the Beatles thing. Half an hour. Yeah. 
and we got paid for it. Yeah. But um, I tried to work out why was it so short? Well, because there was a lot of people on the bill. And I think um, when you went to a thing, if you were a comedian, the promoter would say, how long can you do? Four minutes? Yeah. Can you do four minutes? And the guy would say, yeah, so you could. Do. So they would do four. So we thought, well, half an hour, that's like epic. You know, so, but that was it. You know, a big Beatles show, we were on and off like that. Um, but it didn't seem strange. It also reminds me that there were many bands in Liverpool. Yeah. And then once you got out of Liverpool, there are many bands in England. So there's, the Beatles are constantly pushing their way, even in 62, 63, you're pushing your way through a sea of other people mm. to get noticed. Yeah. Which I think people don't think about that now. No, there was a lot of action, you know. It was just a period, or you gotta remember, it was after World War II. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was born, as was John and Ringo, George, I think, just missed it. Well, we were born during the war. So, you know, you look back on it, you think, God, imagine our parents somewhere like this, if there's a cinema, but there's bombs falling. Yeah. You don't, you can't cope with that. You can't realize, you know. But yeah, so we, we came out of that. And um, so it, it, it meant that you were striving now in this new world. Yeah. And suddenly there were like groups and singers and it was all very exciting, Conan. Rub it in. Uh, <laughs> I missed it all. You didn't? You, I, didn't, nah, you never, weren't in a group? I wasn't in a group. I was in a group once years ago called the Bad Clams. Let's move on. <laughs> I love this shot. Again, you're backstage and I see George is twisted. I love the beetle boot in the foreground. And I also just love these peaks of backstage life. You're yeah. waiting. Maybe there's some anxiety or you're bored. Um, there's that great... Uh, I think, album in the background for the platters, but it just, again, this is a view that no one else was getting. Yeah, I think that's the thing about these pictures. Um, and he's not going to be bothered to kind of look at me and do a, a suave look, you know. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's, oh, it's Paul just taking pictures, you know. So he ignores me, which um, was a great thing. It happened to us later when we would be... Um, with people like the Maisels brothers, yeah. who are a New York team, just two, two brothers, Albert and David. And um, it turned out they were gonna cover our visit uh, to New York. And so we said to them, what, what do you want us to do? They said, just ignore us. And that was like the greatest direction mm -hmm. we'd ever had, because you always had to ham it up for people, you know, all the I've other seen, photographers. I've seen the footage and the, all these guys with thick New York accents, beetle, 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 <laughs> do this, point that way, do that, point this way. And you mm. think, leave them alone. <laughs> you know, it's, it seems... You know, the truth, we didn't mind. Yeah. Because we were in America, the land yeah. of music, and we were, we were just very flattered no. that these kind of hard-nosed press photographers yeah. um, wanted to take our picture, you know. And then at the end of the session, they would say, hey, beetle, 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 beetle. One more, one more for the West Coast. What? So, you know, it, it was exciting. Yeah. It really was. Uh, and I don't think we minded it yeah. till later. Till later, yeah. Then we, it, the, the uh, I could, well, yes. gloss wore off a bit. I think so. I think mm. you earned the right very quickly, you guys, <laughs> to say, I think we've had enough, we're moving on. Mm. Uh, this next photo is fascinating to me because it's, 
it's a great photo and it's an oasis of calm. At, you're becoming incredibly famous and you're living in an attic of your girlfriend's house, Jane Asher, <laughs> and you live up in this attic. This is at the height of Beatlemania in England <laughs> and you take this photo out the back. And I think no one could have imagined that you were living in an attic, I think with uh, Peter Asher, her younger sister. Yeah. Uh, younger brother, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it was actually a very posh house. Yeah. It just had a not so posh viewer over the back, you know. But oh, this no, th is, looks this is fantastic. It looks beautiful. It, it was very cool, actually, yeah. But this particular thing, this was out of my room. Mm -hmm. um, I was very lucky because I was going out with a girl called Jane Asher, and um, her mother was a really nice woman. And I was missing home. And with the Beatles, we'd got a little flat in Mayfair. So everyone thought it was kind of cool. But I went to see it, and I, I, it was like soulless, you know. Um, so Mrs. Asher said, well, you can come and stay here, you know. So um, I did. I jumped at it. She was a great cook as well. But then the fans would find out that. So they were that way, out in the street. Yep. Um, and I was up here, so I had to try and figure out some way of getting out. So it was crazy. We knew this guy next door, you know, the house next door, who lived on this same uh, level. He was major somebody. Mm -hmm. He like an army type, lives on his own. So I would ring him and I would say, I'm coming out. He said, oh, okay. So he'd open his window and I'd walk <laughs> along this little you know, kind of dangerous little uh -huh. parapet and go in his window and then down in, his, in the lift to the basement and go out of the mews and escape. <laughs> That's I love what this, this major, who's clearly a, an older gentleman, thinking, oh, McCartney's coming through. Got a lot of men. <laughs> So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. 
it's so nice to have that protection of car shield. I know. I believe, that's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think car shield, car shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call car shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. Handy. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make a smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com/conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com/conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com. Slash Conan. Well, this next one is not, you didn't take this, but it was taken, clearly it was taken with your camera. Such a great dynamic shot of the two of you, you and John, and you can see as hard as you worked, you always made it fun for each other, I think. That was yeah. a key ingredient. <clears throat> That's true. That's the thing I was saying about the hitchhiking and knowing each other before this. We'd established a sense of humor and a level at which we could make each other laugh. And John, of course, was very good at it. This, this interesting with that big red mark yeah. um, is to show me that I like this, these photos. And these were taken off a contact sheet, mm -hmm. which kids these days don't know about. So you would get, take your 36 photos and they would be, be developed on a, all of them, the 36 shots, on one um, print. So then you would go through it, mark them up, and you could get enlargements, etc. cetera. So um, well, I have a show in England at the National Portrait Gallery where we've shown some uh, contact sheets. And it's, it's surprising how many people don't know what that is. Yeah. There's even sometimes in some of the photos that you found sprocket holes because that's how they advance the film with this little gear. Yeah. I don't think a lot of kids know what those are, no. but they really make them seem like such a part of a very specific era. Yeah. We have mean? this. I love you guys go to, things are really heating up. You go to Paris. This is you seeing a poster of yourselves. 
for Les Beatles. Les Beatles. Les Beatles. Oui. And um, what I love about this, and I don't think you can even see, but when you look closely, first of all, the photos that you're using in these posters were by Astrid Kircher. Yeah. yeah. And you also have the old logo that you had for half a minute, the script, the Beatles, yeah. with the antenna coming yeah, out the before you went to that iconic drop T. But this is feels to me like you saying, hey, look, that's a poster of us. Yeah. It's exciting. It wow, well, look at that. In Paris. Lord, Lord. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, um, it was great. You know, we didn't expect Paris to have posters of us because um, the French were a little late in getting the Beatles. Mm. You know, in England, like, there was a lot of screaming and girls and stuff going mad for us. When we went there, it was quite sort of, you know, come on, prove yourselves. Um, so we did. We had to work it. Um, so, yeah, it was exciting just to see us up in lights, as it were. Um, and the French, to this day, call me Paul McCartney. <laughs> McCartney. <laughs> Clearing the throat, yeah. I think, more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I love this photo of... Uh, That's nice, yeah. Yeah, such a great shot, uh, yeah. John... George, and this is, I, I think I recognize this. It's from a very famous picture that you guys took outside the, it's at the Olympia, um, I think, theater. Bright blue bricks, and it's a very iconic shot of you guys, but I think you grabbed a, f this is probably in between takes with the photographer, and I think you might have grabbed this shot. Mm. And um, you can see, again, this is, you guys at work, and this is in between, you know, yeah. a, in, taking a photo session, and this isn't the, hey, we're the Beatles. It's guys working. Yeah. And I mean, you know, seeing them after all these years, what good looking boys. Huh? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Good looking. You do say in the book, you talk about how we were all beautiful in our, when we were young, and I, I beg to differ. Uh, <laughs> I've got some photos I'll show you when I was 20. Not so good. It's, it's not so good. No. Uh, <laughs> but you guys uh, obviously looked uh, spectacular. What I love, another aspect of your perspective here, is the world is looking at the Beatles at this point, but you're, you guys are looking back. And this is a great shot of what it was like to be you and the other guys. And actually, the gentleman in the hat, very famous photographer, who took a lot of great snaps of you guys. Is, that, yeah. is it Dijo? Deso Hoffman. Deso Hoffman. Yeah, who was uh, Slovak. Um, yeah, he, he became a good friend, you know, so, uh, but he would get out with all the other photographers and snap us. But um, yeah, we saw this a lot. Uh, and so I thought, well, yeah, I'll take a picture of them. It looks so good, you know, they're all lined up. So yeah, but this, this was a daily occurrence. Yeah, you'd get used to this very quickly, but... It, yeah. It's fascinating to, when you're being photographed, to turn the tables and say, I can do this to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which is really fun. And you see the look on their faces. They quite liked it. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know. <laughs> um, this next one might be one of my favorite photos because of its honesty. And again, I think only you could get this is John. Mm. And again, biting. He's doing that thing again, yeah. And... I see vulnerability and I see some anxiety. It's, uh, I, yeah. I could be reading into it, but that's what it feels like to me. 
I don't know about the anxiety, but vulnerability is very true. Mm -hmm. um, and at this time, I wouldn't really know that. Um, later, when I thought as an adult about John's upbringing, he had a really tragic life, really. Because, um, you know, as a kid, his mother was decreed to not be good enough to bring him up. Uh, Julia, his mom, who we would visit, and he loved her, and wrote a beautiful song about her. But she uh, had, had to give him up. Uh, the father, Alf, mm -hmm. had left the home when John was three. Yeah. So that's not too wonderful. Um, and so John grew up with these sort of little minor tragedies throughout his life. <clears throat> he was taken in by his aunt Mimi mm -hmm. and was brought up by her. But one night, mum, Julia, was visiting them, come to see her son. And on the way home, she got run over, got killed yeah. by apparently it was an off-duty cop mm -hmm. who maybe was a bit inebriated. It never came out, of course. They, they cover it up. But so John was having that, you know, taking off his mom. His mom dies, it, you know. Uh, so it made me realize why he had that vulnerability. Yeah. I always admired the way he dealt with it because I'm not so sure I would deal that well with the stuff he went through. Hmm. Also, you have a, it's him with his glasses on. These are very thick glasses because he, yeah. and uh, that was something that was kind of verboten is shots of John with his glasses on when the mm. photographer's around, but it's you, so he can have his glasses. Yeah, yeah that's right. really sweet. But he, he was um, very short-sighted, as you can see by the, the glasses. But, right. um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I advanced. But, that's okay, we can uh, go on. If you can just spoil my story, it's okay. <laughs> it's your show. That was the idea. Please, Paul. Please, Paul, there's no time for your story. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you talk about John. Look what I can do. <laughs> He's gone back. I did that. Wow. Did you have more? Um, lots. But I'm not telling you now. Oh. <laughs> that's it. All right, screw Okay, it. I'll tell you one. Yeah. Go back. Go back. You're making a fool out of me. Well, it's, it's easy. <laughs> uh, okay, well, so John was like really short-sighted, and he used to come down from his house, which was a mile or two away from where I lived, and we would write songs and, and have a little session and this occasion it was christmas and um then john after we finished he would walk back up in the dark to his place i knew the route he took and it was a place called booker avenue and on the corner was this little kind of little posh bungalow so he walks home and uh then he we talked and the next day he said he said you know that the house on the corner booker avenue so i went past it said those people are crazy I said, why, what do you mean? He said, well, they were out. You know, what time was it? We finished midnight. He said, they were out on the veranda, on the porch, playing cards at midnight. I said, I don't get it. So I went up and looked. It was, it was the manger. It was the baby Jesus. <laughs> he wasn't going to put his glasses on, though. 
and a baby won all the money. Um, <laughs> all right, now we talk about, again, you've got an unguarded uh, Ringo, and again, again, we're seeing this backstage life. Pen mm -hmm. A little pensive, waiting. And yeah. this is you, a technique which I think you really liked, which is you could surprise people, you could catch them if you shot into a mirror. Mm -hmm. Early paparazzi. So it's your fault, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You know, it's just I, I knew Ringo was just being natural. Mm -hmm. It was act naturally. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I knew if I could get that shot yep. without him looking over and going, oh, yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of this backstage. And again, the light was quite nice, you know, so, so it was a, a good shot to try and take. This one is kind of spectacular to me because there's a flurry of activity and it's a great shot to me because it feels like John is almost pulled into himself. Mm -hmm. Things are heating up, it's getting crazier and crazier and he seems like he's just trying to be zen. Yeah. I think you had to be, you know, because there was a lot of craziness going on and um, you had to take that moment for yourself. The good thing was he knew no one would be worried. It's not like anyone would say, come on, John, lively up. You know, he could just knew he could just sit there. And as I say, I always admired that about John. Um, you know, now I realize I was like a big fan of John's. We all were, actually, in the group. He was like a very cool guy, you know, very witty, very funny, but also very deep um, and real. So uh, these photos show that from an early age. We have one, you are underrepresented, obviously, because you're taking the photos, mm. but someone took this photo with your camera and I love it, it's backstage. Mm -hmm. And um, I never looked that good, uh, <laughs> but I think we know that. But I also love this almost feels Victorian, that wallpaper, that light switch. Yeah. This is, um, you know, a different, it's, it's show business from a different era. You guys were changing all the rules, but you're still in those dressing rooms. Yeah, that's right. Um, we, I always think we were on the cusp because often we'd play on um, a bill and there would be people from the previous era and we were like the rock group. Mm -hmm. This is the modern thing, you know. But there were plenty of like jugglers and um, yeah. strange people. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we were in that world, um, which I liked. Yeah. I liked coming out of that and sort of emerging. I mean, now, you know, you go to a show and it's all rock and roll, you know, right. if it's a rock and roll show. But then you got all sorts of different acts. So um, yeah, so it was interesting. It made it interesting for us that you wanted to chat to some of these people, you know, and see um, what life was like for them. What's funny, it's you came out of that. It really was the English music hall tradition, That's which I'm I saying, think yeah. influenced the music, too. You guys yeah. came from that world, which had been around since the turn of the century. Yeah, and we'd grown up with that. Yeah. And then suddenly rock and roll hit, and we were now going to take it further in a different direction. But yeah, we'd grown up with that. My dad used to actually operate the limelight, the spotlight, at, at a, a theater in Liverpool called the Hippodrome. And um, it was a limelight, which not many people know, was a piece of lime 
that you lit and it burned phosphorescent. And then you, it, that went through a lens and became the limelight beam. I had no, I've never heard that before. No, I know. It's a sort of educational show, this. <laughs> I love that you assumed that I didn't know anything. Uh. <laughs> no, so he You're was on, in yeah, that world, yeah. you know, he was in that world. And um, so it was right, went right back to all the old musical acts, you know. Yeah. And so he knew a lot of the songs. And he would go home to his sisters uh, in the interval, the two houses, He'd go home and he'd sing the songs to them. And they'd remember them. So that's what all come out of the family sing songs. And also he would take home programs for the event that people had left and he would take them home and the girls would iron them, make them new again, and he'd take them back and, and flog them. That's A sense of enterprise. No, yeah. Uh, but, but it was it was that world yes, like you're saying it was a whole different world that's what i when you arrived backstage and i saw you go into your dressing room and i think you know some things just don't change here you are another dressing room we're putting on a show it's uh it's mm. exhilarating that mm. uh, it's still to be part of that tradition yeah i feel very lucky yeah. with that you know because so many of your mates at school went on and did uninspiring things yep so, yeah all right <laughs> so, you know, you felt very lucky to... to it must be tough when you show up at a high school reunion. <laughs> I think I did pretty well. I've got a nice hardware store. I think I did as well as it... Oh, Jesus! It's McCartney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have a picture here I adore. Um... Yeah, this is uh, John wearing many hats. George. I mean, sorry, George. I get them all confused. Um, <laughs> you're the drummer, right? Uh, but I love it's that sense of comedy too. Of don't don't play the don't play the joke. You know, there is nothing funny happening here, which right. is the funniest way to be. I'm yeah. going to wear these two hats, and I'm going to give you the most serious look in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. George is very good at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he had a good deadpan sense of humor. Um, and these hats were just lying around. Um, they're probably the dancers. Mm -hmm. Hats looks like the kind of thing the dancers would get a cane, one of those hats, and a scanty costume, and do all sorts of dancing. Yeah. So, so he picked up the hats. To that point of that's the show business you're in. There's some dancers here. Yeah. We're going to take these hats and goof around. Yeah. This looks like... I know, and this is, I believe you're at a recording studio in it, I in believe Paris. it's in Paris. Yeah. And this looks like a Chet Baker album cover. It's absolutely, yeah. it's a stunning photograph. You guys are ushering in a whole new era of music, but you're still working alongside these other guys. Yeah. It's funny, I never knew who these guys were. I just, it was, I think it was a rehearsal hall. Mm -hmm. And I never knew, I just liked, it looked so cool, you know, I just took the picture. Um, but I never knew till very recently who they were or what was going on. And um, it turns out Elvis Costello texted me just the other day and he said he's got an amazing text from a friend of his who's called Ray. And Ray said, uh, I've got the book and on page 161, there's this photo of my dad playing guitar. What? Ah, he said, my heart skipped a beat. 
So now we know who that was. That's Ray's dad. <laughs> now things really pick up. This is the famous flight, Pan Am 101. You are going to uh, New York City. And you don't know what you're going to find when you get to New York City. You know you have a, you're on the charts, a number one hit. Mm. You're going to do the Sullivan Show. We all know what happens. Mm. But you guys on the way over, you don't know. America's the big prize. Mm. The country's in mourning after JFK's assassination, mm. which is two months earlier. Mm. What are you going to encounter? Is it going to work? Yeah, exactly. You know, so we were very excited just to be on a plane to New York. You know, that's mm -hmm. like enough. But... Um, what happened was the pilots always radio ahead to Idlewild, as it was then, right. before it was named Kennedy. Um, and so the word got back to us that there's a big crowd at the airport. We went, oh, wow, getting exciting. Um, so, yeah, we kind of half knew what to expect, but then it was a really big crowd. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we, we were just bowled over. Yeah. Um, it was America, where all the music that we loved came from. Mm -hmm. um, so we were just happy to be there. And then with a big crowd of admirers, screaming girls, um, it was great. And then what was nice after that, immediately we did a press conference at the airport. And it was like, hey, Peter, Peter, you know, all that again. Um, but we knew that whatever they laid on us, if there was any sort of insult, we knew we could come back with, well, we're number one in your country. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That's called a mic drop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is what you encounter when you get there. And I love this photo you took. We've all seen, of course, the other side of it. But this is what you guys saw outside the, the plaza, mm -hmm. which is absolutely amazing. And again, and, yeah. probably you had seen this in Europe, but to, to realize that this isn't happening in New York City yeah. is got to just be uh, an incredible uh, It was great. Well, the whole thing, too, the, the fans um, at the police, the policemen, and, you know, when you see some other photos, they've got the old-fashioned police yes. uniform with the, yeah. the big uh, buttons. And there were mounted police, too. Um, so it was very exciting for us just in a car. Look, it was like looking, being in a movie. Mm -hmm. And because every time I drive down Fifth Avenue, I tell everyone that story. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you are tourists. Think about it. Yeah. I think George had been uh, to New York once, but the rest of you are tourists, and this is your first view of New York City. Mm -hmm. Not many people encounter this when they show up in New York for the first time. That's not time. what it's always like. <laughs> well, of course I do, but uh, you know, I'm me. Uh, this I love, Columbus Circle. Yeah. I was there this morning, and I knew I'd be talking to you, and I've read the book 50 times because uh, I adore it. I love how different it is now, and I can see that you're starting to take pictures of signage. You're taking a lot of sort of uh, these almost still lifes. In a, it's, mm. a, it's a different idea now that you're playing with, which is, this yeah. is America. I mean, you know, you're just taking photos, so you're not necessarily taking portraits. Mm -hmm. You're just taking anything that appeals to you. Um, so to me, that's, that's America. Um, yeah. and, and actually on that little needle that's on the thing, it's a weather thing, and it's, it's always telling the temperature. 
And you can see there's one little bit that's worn away. So that must be like the most popular te temperature. <laughs> it was the number one temperature in the country. Number, yeah. Uh, I just like the picture, you know, so I took it. You guys, this is a great shot of the amazing Ronnie Spector of the Ronettes. Yeah. And it reminded me of something I don't think can be stressed enough is what, what you guys did when you landed is you completely gave it up for girl groups. And uh, you were a group that um, played a lot of songs by girl groups and promoted them. Mm. And they were songs that you loved. Mm. Ringo would sing boys, didn't even change the gender. You know, no. it was just, we're going to sing Please Mr. Postman, Baby It's You. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think at the time, unusual. When everyone was asking you guys, what do you love? And you said, we love these girl groups. Yeah, well, mostly black American music, really. Mm -hmm. Except for, you know, a few like Elvis and Carl Perkins and things. Um, so, yeah, we love these girl groups. And as you say, Ringo sang boys. We never thought, you know, that's strange. Um, it just was a great song. Yep. Um, so we just liked the, how it sounded. I don't think we really worried about what the lyrics said. Mm -hmm. um, and see, it was great for us to meet Ronnie, you know. Yeah. Wow. All your heroes are turning yeah. up and they want to meet you guys. Yeah, it's true. Um, this one also from inside is a double exposure of John. I was struck with, you guys were slobs. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but we, you know, we got time off. We're in a hotel. <laughs> we, we're allowed to slob. It'd be unusual if it wasn't slobbed. This is, but, the sh yeah. yeah. Go. Okay. <laughs> no, you. I, uh, this is a shot. We've seen so many shots from different angles of the Sullivan set. But this is what struck me. Look at how small the riser is for Ringo's drum kit. I know. I can't believe and it. And as a guy who I started out as a bad drummer before I moved on to bad guitar and then bad comedy, what, I, what struck me about this is guitars, I mean, drums move when you hit them. Yeah. It's a miracle he didn't fall off. I know. That's, he's Ringo. <laughs> Ringo didn't fall off. He didn't fall off. No, but I agree. I mean, how did he get up there? Yeah. It's like, did he jump? He was... <laughs> or was he lifted? I don't know. It's all... The, yeah. This raised so many questions for me. Uh, <laughs> I I, but it, it does make me, in retrospect, terrified for him on that Sullivan yeah, appearance. I know. That he, the drums didn't just fall off in the middle no. of the first song. He used to have a, a hard job with all that stuff. We played in Washington. Yeah. And um, for the first time ever, they said, you're going to play in the round. We didn't even know what they were talking about. But there was like a, a little round stage in the middle of the room. I, you know, I now know it's to get more people in. Yes, that's why they were doing it. But um, they said, well, you'll have, to, you'll have to play to these people. Then you'll have to turn around and play to those people. Then those people. So we just about managed it. We'd sort of move our amps and so Ringo had to move his whole drum kit. Because his riser didn't move. There's footage of this, and it's ridiculous. Because you're the biggest act in the history of the world. And, and in between songs, Ringo's jumping down. <laughs> and it's like he's moving somebody into their dorm room, you know? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. And there's no one running out and doing it for him. And he's pushing and 
shoving, and you guys are like, come on, Ringo, let's go. <laughs> well, you did it. Yeah, you did it. You did what you had to do. You did it. This uh, photo you took out the window, it is miraculous, I think. It's, it's such an angelic shot of this. Yeah, I love this picture. Yeah. Her looking in at you and you looking out. Yeah. And um, she's ethereal, you know? She's really... She really is, yeah. She's uh, so serene. And, you know, normally we'd see people like this and they'd be sort of shouting or screaming or mm -hmm. ah, waving. But she's just got this very cool look. Yeah. It's like um, so you, you want to paint a portrait. She's got the headscarf. Yeah. And uh, I wish I knew her story. Yeah, it's no, really who nice. knows, you know, maybe one of these days someone will say, that was my auntie. But, um, It'll be it, Elvis Costello that gets in touch with you. <laughs> I know her too. <laughs> maybe he's, he's such Ray's a auntie. liar, that guy. <laughs> he texts me all the time too, Paul. <laughs> I don't believe a word of it, none of it. After Sullivan, as you said, you, got, you guys go down to Washington, D.C. And I love this photo because so much of your art, so much of your music is about working people, you know, um, and barbers, Eleanor Rigby, firemen, nurses, poppy on a tray. You have this way, and I love this photo because you're looking out the window, you're at the eye of this hurricane, and you see this man, and you take this photo, and you seem drawn to people. Uh, that are out there doing their job, and he's anonymous. Yeah, because um, that's my world. You know, growing up in Liverpool, mm -hmm. these are the people you knew and you hung up with. Also, I mean, I could have just been in Liverpool. I could have just been to the right clearing up after him. Mm -hmm. You know, these, that could be my uncle. So I, I it isn't, but... Um, it's Ray's uncle. No. <laughs> no. No, but, you know, I just, I'm drawn to yeah. people's, working people's faces. They, they just look good. And also, the other thing I'm drawn to them for, people tend to think working class people are a bit stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, look at the job he's got. He's being pretty stupid. But some of them, you know, if you know them and you kind of, you, you visit their houses, or like my uncles and aunties, they can be really clever people. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a, an uncle who was really, all right, you know, very hard. I just got Liverpool, you know, talk like that, like, you know. Um, so you would have thought, well, he's a bit thick. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't. People might have thought. Yes, yes. But, um, but he was great. And uh, I would bring homework uh, home from school. And he was the one in the family who would know the Shakespeare and the epic yeah, poems. Yeah. He just, he'd been taught it and he'd remember it all. So these hidden depths are what I love mm -hmm. about working people. Never underestimate them. Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil, 
and not kidding. He is two years older than me. We are grown ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. Oh, my God. And we had it together, multiple bowls, and I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Captain Crunch, which is great. Then... Oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> but when they came up with oops, all berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh my God, peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. Well, we move on. You, this is, we're now getting to Miami. You land in Miami. And John once had a quote. He said that, the early Beatles touring days were like a Fellini film, satiricon, just madness. And here you really see it because get this book and you look up close, there are beauty queens. Yeah. There are, I mean, all kinds of uh, just insanity. There are all these people well, there and you're thinking, why are these people here? Yeah. And, uh, you know. What about, what about the guy or girl? In the hat, though, with the sort of leopard skin thing. Oh, check this out. I saw the same thing, and I wanted to punch in on this. Punch Look in. who's greeting you, holding, I don't know if you can see this, holding a chimpanzee. <laughs> you know. What, why? Well, well, we, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we appeal to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Even monkeys. I just love this moment. I know, isn't that wild? And I mean, on the day, I just took the picture, but I couldn't ever see that detail. Right. Until the book and... Um, God bless. I, I saw that and I thought, this photograph captures, yes, this is Beatlemania. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had to call the monkey to clear the photo. 
<laughs> which did not go well. This is a fascinating photo because um, you are zeroed in on the fact that this is not something you saw no. in England. You didn't see it in Liverpool. You didn't see it in London. This, is not, this was new to you. Yeah, no, this is when we arrived in Miami and we had a police escort. Um, and this guy on the motorcycle just pulled up right beside us. And I had my camera, so I just snapped this picture of him. Because I was so um, amazed at seeing like a gun, an yeah. ammo. Because in England, we were very lucky. The cops don't have guns. Yeah. So this was like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we are very lucky in that respect, you know. It's, um, yeah, our laws never included the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so I was fascinated by this guy, you know, and the gun and everything. And I didn't want his head. I just wanted that bit, you know, yeah. just to um, remind myself of what America was like. This is, I'll just love, there's a girl here <laughs> in the center. And to me, that says it all. I've never made anyone that happy in my life. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, when I, again, like I say, took the picture quickly in the car and drove into the hotel kind of thing. I mean, then I discovered her when I looked at the picture. Yeah. I can almost hear her screaming. Yeah. And Today she should be this. medicated. Yeah. <laughs> the parents would be like, no, 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 Ridland for you. But it's, un it's un <laughs> unbelievable moment. And just the looks on all the people's faces. You got the kid there who's come from school. He's got his books. Mm -hmm. You know, girl along there doesn't quite know what to think of it. And then the cop who's ready to blow his whistle. Yeah. He's ready. <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't blown the whistle all these years later, no. Well, now it's the Wizard of Oz. You switch to color and you guys suddenly hit Miami, which must have felt like a dream because now you are at the top of show business. You're, it, 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 the reviews are in. 78, 80 million people watch the, you guys on Sullivan, the world's going crazy, and then you hit this incredible water in Miami. Yeah. And you're having fun, you're relaxing. Yeah, we were very lucky, and I think Brian was, uh, Brian Epstein was uh, instrumental in that. He, he always put in a little bit of leisure, even though we worked crazy uh, days, I don't know, like 300 days a year probably. But he would always put in, like, a visit to the beach, yeah. you know. And um, we were really thankful. So this is, they'd hired a boat, and we just went out for the day. And um, it was so good, because after that, you wouldn't mind doing a show. Right. You right. know, you felt so good. Um, You're here to do another Sullivan appearance, but down in Miami, which yeah. suddenly everything's different. And I think you can see that in this photo. Oh, yeah, baby. Which is... Oh, baby. I mean, that's an album cover. That is the... That is such a spectacular photo of, of George. And are we thinking that's a... Would that be a rum and coke, a scotch and coke? I, what were you guys having at the I time? I think it was a scotch and coke, yeah. yeah. That's what we were... But, um, no, that is George living the life. <laughs> I mean, you know, and he, he took to it very well. Yes. So, so he's got the tan, he's yeah. in Miami, he's got the tan, he's got a, a girl, beautiful girl in a 
sensational bikini. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, designer, I would have to tell Stella about that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the ciggy, he's got the drink, he's got the shades. Oh um, my God, yeah. It looks like he's got some suntan lotion on. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all good. Yeah, that photo makes me very happy. Um, and these next ones are just you guys rehearsing. Well, actually, you're getting ready to rehearse. This is, uh, this is of course, Ringo. And there's a lot of Beatles paraphernalia. He's wearing a, like a Beatles souvenir hat yeah. that someone handed to you. And he said, yeah. all right, I'll put it on. I it's don't a good care. hat. Yeah, it's a good hat. It's free. <laughs> and he lets you know who we are. Do you still no. have any of that stuff, that free Beatles no, stuff they gave no, you? No, I don't. Well, it probably turned up one of yeah. these days. It's in there. It's in that locker you It's still there uh, somewhere, yeah. No, the, the nice thing about oh, this stuff in this series of photos, uh, the hotel provided you with, you know, normally you'll get a robe yep. or a dressing gown in a hotel. But they had these little terry towel jackets. Yes. Very cool. I think you I see mean, them next because you guys are, are we, rehearsing. We didn't take them off. No. And we love them. In all the rehearsal shots, yeah. you can see that you guys are wearing... <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't wear them for the next three albums. <laughs> and just a shout out to, that's Mal in that's the background, Mal, Mal Evans, that's who Mal, is your yeah. roadie. And, uh... Yeah, it's and he's got Mal. A, he's got a sunburn. Mal, yeah. Mal was a lovely man who was our roadie and uh, a big bear of a man. Mm -hmm. And he was a sweetheart, you know, he just, uh, he, he loved us and we loved him. You know what's incredible, too, is uh, you look at what a band travels with today. You, the, there hasn't been a band nearly as big as you guys since, and yet your entourage is very small. Yeah. It's mind-boggling by today's standards. Two. Yeah. Uh, two people, Mal and Neil. Yeah, taking care of instruments, hotel rooms, in yeah. and out, taking care of everything, baggage. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of them was here with you, that is, of course, George Martin, and I believe his fiance. She was fiance at the time, and she, she, they later got married, yeah. Judy Lockhart Smith. Oh, that's a nice name. Very posh. Um, <laughs> she's, she's still alive, she's a lovely, lovely lady. Well, she is Lady Martin now, Yeah. because George was knighted. But um, they, were, they were great, they were a lovely couple. And of course, George was a brilliant man. Mm -hmm and um, a great producer. But he also had a fantastic sense of humor. So um, he and Judy got on very well. And uh, yeah, they, they were a great couple. Also, I just have never seen a photo. I don't think I've seen him uh, in a bathing suit. It's just such no. a, I am always seeing him iconic, even late in the Beatles days when everyone else is wearing whatever, he's always, Suit and tie proper, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, EMI, this is the way we do things. And so this picture mm. was, I thought, very arresting for that reason. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, there's a later picture where he's, he's got Judy, he's going to throw her in the pool. Mm -hmm. But um, no, that was lovely, you know, just having these moments of leisure. Yeah. And then these friends of ours who were on the trip could uh, uh, join us with the... This photo is so funny. You're there, I think, on the beach. <laughs> And you see an ad go by, yeah. and you take a picture of it, there is only one Mr. Pants. And it's true. 
Huh? Have you ever seen another Mr. Pants? I have not. Me neither. There's only one. But I love the idea that Mr. Pants decided I'll buy an ad. We'll have the plane fly by where the Beatles are. Maybe one of them will take a photograph and show it 60 years from now. And I'll yeah. get some free advertising. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so what do you think it was? Like a trouser firm? Mr. Pants. It's got yes, to be. It's yeah. got to be trousers. Got to be trousers. Yeah. Trousers. And tr back, back in the day, trouser firms, as we called them, were, <laughs> were all the rage. Firm trousers. Yeah. It's a trouser firm. <laughs> you made it sound like a law firm. I love it. Welcome to the trouser firm. This is one of my favorites because it's George as happy as anyone could possibly be. Yeah. In the toweling jacket. In the toweling jacket. <laughs> no, and, you know, I can say, you've got to imagine my joy yeah. at, first of all, rediscovering these and then seeing this. Yes. It just, you know, it, it just takes you back. Yep. It's like your family snapshots. But these are shots, my family snapshots, but they're of the Beatles. And um, just so lovely to capture a moment of George like that. Yeah. You know, you, you don't kind of see him like that. Yeah. Uh, and we were on, on a boat in Miami and we were loving it. And then I'm gonna end on the photo that's on the cover. Oh, that, no, I'm sorry, there's one more to go. I wanted to get in uh, one before we, uh, we, uh, that's we wrapped being, it up. It's me being this... horrified by the fact I've caught a fish. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't intend to catch one, you got one, well, and I, I think you put it back. I did put it back, yeah, yeah. in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> already, the, 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 the inner vegetarian in yeah, you is saying, it was, it was already cooking this will then, not yeah. work for me, you may go, fishy, you may go. <laughs> yep. And then I mm. wanted to end on this one, this is the cover shot. Just for fun, I walked over there today. It was amazing how much it's uh, changed, yeah. but also, what's still the same. I looked at this photograph and I thought, there you are, I think shooting out the back of the window. I think you're on your way to the plaza, maybe from the Ed Sullivan. But just the fact that you had the presence of mind to take some photos while all this was happening is miraculous to me. Mm. It's a great shot. Well, thank you. I, you know, the thing is, we were so fascinated being in America, seeing American life, American cars, American buildings, New York, so, yeah, you know, if people are running up the street, that's, to us, that was fascinating. You know, wow, we've made it. Yeah. Well, that was it. I, um, I want to make sure that I uh, wrap this up. I have to tell you that I have been lucky enough to be in my business now for, you know, 30-some-odd years, and I get to talk to everybody. I can't think of a single person who's brought more joy to more people than you. And it is, I mean that, seriously. Uh, and I, I really mean that. And I don't just mean, I don't just mean with the Beatles. I mean, and my son would agree, Wings, the solo work, the work that you've been doing, McCartney 3. Uh, you just don't stop making really lovely, beautiful music. And so when I arrived here today, someone in your group said, well, thanks for doing this, Conan. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is an absolute joy and a thrill and can't think of anything cooler 
than to get to spend an hour with you and uh, look at these photos. So I think on behalf of everybody here, I want to say thank you, Paul McCartney. Thank you. Thank you. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.